everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the UGA Sports Call-In Show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined as always by Ben Choppy Bachman. Jason Butt is having to sit out this week due to shingles in the eye. So we've got Dane Young here. Uh, prayers up to Jason. I've never heard of shingles uh, being in your eye, and I don't, I don't want to see the photo. Uh, I almost requested one. Uh, today, yeah, guys, did. But, but almost did request. You should have titled the episode "Shingles in the Eye." Shingles in the Eye. Yeah. So, uh, oh, comment, guys, if you've ever had shingles in your eye, and uh, prayers up to Jason. Hopefully, he's back next week. But, guys, we've got a lot to talk about, and it all revolves around you guys asking questions. That's what keeps this show going. So, uh, you know the drill. If you've never been to the show before, you can click the link in the description and uh, join up in the waiting room. I already see Eddie sitting there, so we'll get to you in a little bit. Eddie, just hold on for me. And uh, we've also got the comment section over on YouTube. So before you start asking your questions, we want to know where you're watching from. We always like to shout you guys out. We want to see where the show reaches out to across the nation and across the world. And then always uh, let us know your questions, too. Before we get started, guys, I'd like to go around the horn. Dane, how was your weekend? Uh, it's been a solid weekend. Half of it with kids, half of it without. Kind of took them. I just turned 34 this past weekend, and my mom's nice. birthday is the day after mine. So a little birthday celebration. I uh, just finished cutting the grass, which, you know, as a dad, like that's, uh, that's an accomplishment. You know? Same thing today. Same you're almost today. you're almost I would say maybe half as old as that basement Ben's in right now. Ben, tell us about that basement and how was your weekend? Yeah, this was built in I think either the I think it was built in the 50s or 60s. Oh, by yeah. my grandfather who I was named after. So that's why it's the wood paneling is still up here. This thing is this basement is a wagon, as I say. Uh but anyway, uh I had a, I had a pretty good weekend. As you can see, I'm with family right now because I'm I cannot afford this this house. I'm in. <laughs> um, so I've just been with family. I know Paul's a little bit intimidated by uh, my Jackson Holiday tweets. I mean, messages that I keep sending to him. Yeah. Um, so the Orioles are also a wagon. And overall, life right now is, is pretty good. So a wagon's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Okay. Did you know yeah. that, Dave? Oh, well, I thought you were saying the basement was a wagon, W-A-G-O-N. But then I thought you were saying that your weekend or your life is wagon, like W-A-G-G-I-N, like a dog wags a tail. So I, I thought that was two different meanings, and I could be wrong. Well, and spent the weekend with dogs, too. So, yeah, <laughs> mowing lawn, dogs. And today I had an interesting interaction at Popeye's, which I will not get to. That would be an all-fair conversation, Paul. <laughs> uh, I, oh, that's uh, the story I want. Yeah. But we'll, well, get there. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there, Ben. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. It's, it's, <laughs> Let's make sure we can get monetized. And then, you know, we got to go through the first 10 minutes before YouTube uh, cracks down on us. Andy Stowe says, uh, good evening. His mom has shingles in her eye. It's horrible. Ooh. I've never known anybody to have that. So uh, your mom, Andy Stowe, and Jason are the two people I know. Yeah, apparently we've Jason might be retired. So we've, we've we might do a, a retirement show next week, depending on uh, right. how progresses. We've got Edward Smith uh, watching from uh, Fernandina Beach, Florida. I'll be down in Florida next week, guys. I'll be at Sarasota, so uh, I'll be calling in from the beach for you guys. Uh, Josh Skelton says, uh, "What's up, guys? Love the show. Finally caught you live again." He's got a dog in his profile, Ben. So he's he's got he's your people. If that's yeah, the there's... Josh, if that's the Josh Skelton that is on the New Media Institute Advisory Council board, I love that guy. He's super cool. What if it's Paul not know the dog? Paul cannot handle one. If it's not, then I I can't say. I mean, I love that that. This Josh Skelton watches, but if it's the Josh Skelton, I know I really love that. We've got Darius Sr. in here, which I talked about, Darius. Uh, we're doing a series over on UJ Sports, guys, uh, for the best play during the Kirby Smart era. And I was chosen uh, from Patrick Garbin to fight him, I guess, in the bracket. And the one 
play that I had recently was the missed kick from Ohio State. And I said, look, even if it doesn't go wide, Darius is uh, knocking that ball down. So good to see him uh, in here. We appreciate it. Shout out to Antoine Sampson, Columbus, Georgia. Uh, Columbus, I spent like five years of my life there working at WRBL. Good people. Yeah. Mr. Sampson's a friend of the show, man. He's a friend of the show. Oak Park. I thought it said Oak Park OG, but it says Oak Park Cog. I, I was hoping Oak Park OG uh, is from Oak Park, Georgia. So, guys, uh, as we get going, we had SEC Media Days uh, this past week. And I don't know. Th- this week didn't didn't seem to me. Obviously, last year we had Jimbo and, and Nick Saban going back and forth. Was there anything, Dane, I know you've kind of dug into this deep. Was there anything close to that? Because I... I was I was doing my full time gig for most of the week and and sweating nonstop. I, nothing really ran across my phone uh, as as being huge. The one guy asked Lane Kiffin if he gets asked if he looks like him. I think that was like the the one thing I saw the most of. And there's got to be something else, right? It was a lot of transfer portal chatter. I mean, Lane Kiffin talked about some things that are wrong, and he's a little bit more transparent than other teams when it comes to those discussions. Most people want to keep it close to the vest, and he kind of lays out his hand and let everyone uh, see what's going on at Ole Miss, or at least what he says is. Um, as a whole, though, like I kind of find SEC media days has been watered down to some extent. I think they credential way too many people. Uh, there's way too many media members that aren't qualified to be there. Uh, and I don't want to sound like media elitist guy because I work at a college that teaches the stuff but like there's some general like training that has to happen there and i just i mean got tired of hearing people that their nicknames ballpark or you know some website that is obviously some side project for someone like i'm not trying to bash on those folks but um and i was the guy at media days that would ask silly stupid questions too but usually it was to like get some kind of personality stuff out of it and like you said if we just had four days of media days and didn't really learn that much then i don't know if it was really worth the time yeah, I can't think of anything. The The cool thing, I guess, is next year Oklahoma and Texas will be there, Ben, but I guess that'll be something to look forward to. I've always looked forward to media days. I don't know if it's because I'm part of the media, I guess, but it's always been something that I've, I've really looked forward to. And this year it just, I don't know, it didn't do it for me, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know if you were – I don't know if you've even been on the last two or like two of the last three or something like that, Paul, but I know one of them, me and Dane talked about, they're going to miss Mike Leach. Like, oh, even yeah. if everything is crap, yeah. you have Mike Leach will talk about, all right, we're going to talk about dogs and gators, and we're going to talk about what a maroon bulldog compared to an English bulldog and all this. And he'll do some sort of, you know, speech about something that's just entertaining. But you're like, I have no idea why this is being talked about, but it's entertaining. And that's why, like, when, when you see, like, the figures, like, this year, to me – I said Drinkowitz was probably going to say something stupid, which to me, from my knowledge, he, hasn't, he didn't say anything stupid. I think it was Lane Kiffin that was the only one that caught any level of national media attention because he talked about – he said college football is a disaster. He talked about the portal. He talked about NIL. He basically just said what a lot of people have said, you know, it's pay for play. And, you know, you'll have a guy just leave in the middle of the summer if he doesn't like the way you coach. So that was the only noticeable thing was anything Lane Kiffin said. And I think Lane Kiffin made a joke about how Paul Feinbaum is literally going to make Nick Saban a juggernaut again by doubting him or something like that. He just pisses him off. Like So it was literally Lane Kiffin was maybe the only bright spot. And honestly, going in, that was the only guy I thought would because he's probably the only animated guy you're going to get because Nick and Kirby and guys like that, they're just very measured with what they're going to say. They know what they're, they're going in. They're very much prepared. They're not going to say anything. That's like, Whoa, he said that, Whoa, he called out this coach. 
because Kirby and, and Nick and them, they, they don't do that. I know the Nick Jimbo thing was a rarity last year, but you look at that, that started before media days. Right. And it, it just kind of came from ahead. Yeah. So that's why that was a thing. But for the most part, Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach are the only two animated guys. And Mike is no longer with us, sadly. So, it, 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 and you know, Dane, that my last point will be you, you brought up how SEC media days is kind of a drag now. It's not what it used to be because there are people that are uh, over, I mean, that aren't credentialed enough to be there. There are eight people who picked Vandy to win the SEC. Yeah. Like, I was getting to that, that's yeah. when I knew, like, there's credential thing. It's just they're inviting too many people. Like, why are there 300 people voting on the way these things are going to finish? Preseason all SEC. Half the media doesn't know any of these players or at least like majority like do you think they know the third team offensive linemen they knew any o linemen who play at kentucky half these people no so that's why i think right now with the media they're overdoing it and at this point unless you're watching your favorite uh coach or the coach that you cover it's not as important as it used to be yeah the dog father uh said any vandy media members here who voted <laughs> at media days uh speak shout out to the dog father he is a uh, tiktok famous guys uh, and does a pretty cool little TikTok show, I think on like Friday nights or something. I've run across it on TikTok, scrolling by it uh, and uh, seen that. So shout out to you, dog father. Keep doing your thing, man. The uh, dynamic with the coaches with personalities is like they kind of have to display that they're willing to go there and be a little silly. And then the media members kind of feed off of that and say, oh, I'll tee you up and, and give you something here. And but Leach they, was great about that. But they weren't but, doing that. Well, right. This If, if you do it incorrectly, like, someone tried it with Kirby Smart in the big room. And, like, that's just not Kirby's game. He's not going to go there. Kirby is interesting, and he's actually pretty candid, I think, in, in these big interviews. He brings some content to it, but I wouldn't say that it's the jokey type. Like, when I would go uh, – this was a few years ago at this point now, but uh, Les Miles, like, that was always a hoot. That's a good one. Even there was a couple of years with Brett Bielema. You would get some really quirky stuff out of him. Uh, obviously, Spurrier is the OG at this game, where you knew you were getting some kind of one-liner from him. But who is that now? And I really think that if you're one of the smaller programs, you should probably capitalize on the media attention that could come from this. That's why Leach at Mississippi State was so great for them. Well, I mean, I guess the the one that's doing is Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. He's he's the one that we're talking about here. Where is Brooklyn, Georgia, Billy? Right? He said, "Love the show, Brooklyn, Georgia. Go dogs and God bless." You have any idea, Dane? Don't look it up. Do no, not. I, I, my gut was like near Statesboro, and now I am looking it up. Uh, uh, I'm going to say yes, maybe Southwest. Yeah, it's in Bullock County. It's it's east of Statesboro. And I only know that I went to Georgia Southern for my first years of college. So there you go. Uh, Darius Jackson says hello from Columbia, South Carolina. I do oh, know where that is. That bro, place is I'm sorry. That place oh, burning up. Man. Uh, Paul hates that heat. That's everything he always talks about Columbia. Oh, you go there at noon, you're just going to be lit on fire. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's not about here. hating the heat. It, he's factually correct. Like, it's the hottest place yeah. on the face of the earth. No, you know what the second hottest place is? I went and did the uh, – last week I wasn't here, guys. I went and did uh, Sports Extra for 11 Alive. And I don't know. I've never sweat as much as I have in front of those cameras and the lights. By the end of the show, I was drenched. I had a I had a baby rag I took with me and just wiping sweat every time the camera was not on me. I had to apologize to Maria. I was like, I – I don't know what's going on. I'm 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 sweating like we were doing this show outside. I'd rather do this show outside right now. So uh, it was bad. Melissa Hodges says, uh, "What's up from Savannah, Georgia?" And Randy Payne from Tifton, Georgia. Look at you guys, man. Where you guys are all in here. 
fall camp. I know people have asked. I don't know if anybody has actually said when it's going to start. Uh, first day of fall camp, August 3rd, guys. So we've got one more show in these dog days of summer. One more show to get through before we actually have some true football like practice reports and things that we can talk about. So just hang with us, guys. I promise it'll get better. I'm going to bring Eddie from Ackworth in, guys. Eddie, what's going on? You're in the uh, in the man cave, I see, huh? Yes, sir. How are you guys tonight? So my first question has been, how many gallons is that aquarium? Is it fresh or salt water? Oh, ooh, that, that's ooh, a hold on. Tank. Oh, hold that's on. not salt water. That's not salt water. But that 75 is... gallons? Oh, I think it might be more than that. That thing that is huge. Oh, that thing, it is huge. Hold on. Let's see if I could turn it. Okay, that's it. Yeah, it has fish in it, I assume, right? Oh, it has a ton. Yeah, that thing. I know that that's actually my father's. He goes to the fish store like every other week. There's like new fish in that thing every time I come over here. So, so great. I, I've had, well, actually, when I grew up, that thing was tiny and was upstairs because I grew up in this house. Obviously, I don't live here anymore, but I grew up in this. this that place. particular tank was tiny and now it's not like it grew. No, like we, we had an old one upstairs because downstairs wasn't used to not be like this. Um, it was the same size, but we it wasn't a full on man cave outside of this bar that my grandfather. Yeah, somebody built. somebody's taking really good care of that tank, though. You can see just like the amount of bubbles going through that tank that that's a high quality tank. Nobody's playing around with that tank. Well, my father no algae looks clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah his life is just animals at this point. He just f feeds fish and walks his dogs every day. That, that's and all he's got he you. He's got you. So just different types. Not of as much. I mean, once a week, you know. Well, he's still got you. Go dogs from uh, Dub Right Side and Warner Robins, Georgia. Josh Shelton, because he's watching from Cleveland, Georgia. No, Danny's not that Josh Shelton. So you can still tell me you love him if you'd like. Jeremy Neighbors, our friend out there in Texas. Uh, we will talk to him, I'm sure, during the uh, POS show after the games on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Andy Stowe, our resident uh, Georgia center uh, worker, says that the team uh, checks in Friday, he thinks. So we're getting close, guys. We're getting close. Randy Payne says, uh, hope the dogs get the number one linebacker Monday. Randy, I will go on a limb and say yes. you should be happy for Monday. Yes. Uh, Eddie, what's up? Not much. You were talking about SEC media days, and I just want to say briefly that – uh, I was so impressed with the three that Kirby sent, Kamari Lassiter, Cedric Van Pran. We knew he was going to be impressive. And even Brock Bowers. I mean, what great representatives for the University of Georgia. I just thought they held themselves so well. Brock even said more than, what, two sentences? Wasn't that Kirby's prediction or one sentence or whatever? Yeah, yeah I, I thought he did phenomenally well. I mean, just just they just live, breathe, and we're all so proud of those guys representing our university. It was phenomenal. And we and we got a new saying or a new slogan, right, guys? From the uh, what is it? The All Blacks, the All Blacks, new oh, yeah. All Blacks rugby team, and it's better. Oh, I don't want to mess this up. Better never rest. Yep. Better yeah, never I got it right. And you know, the All Blacks tweeted out. Did you see that? Yes. Back to yes. Kirby Smart about that. I thought that was tremendous. That's really cool. Yeah. So better never rest. I don't know if that's going to be the official. Uh, motto this year guys it seems like there's always one in like the off season then we get one right before the season so uh, you know that's I, we, if it is dane you know good and well we will hear that a ton in like post-game press conferences from players like i mean it, whatever saying it is it will be completely used up by week three but i mean kirby's got golfers saying his sayings now yeah so that's right i mean all the t-shirt companies will print something out and make cash off of, of that three word phrase uh but like I understand what it means. I'm just trying to be a little like tongue in cheek here, but 
like rest is a really important part of being an athlete. So like, I hope they rest uh, a better <laughs> doesn't Dane, but, but to get better, sometimes you rest and if better, never rest. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I, I get I'm, it. I'm overthinking it. I like it. I like it, but I also yeah, 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 yeah. best never rest kind of, you know, kind of goes not better, better never rest goes to but best never rest kind of, you know, plays off of the, the wordplay there, if you will. I don't know. Hey, we should uh, give the shout out to Brian Harmon since. Uh, yes, I was just about to. Yeah, Brian Harmon yeah. uh, took yeah. away the last major of the year, led the whole way, I think, right? I don't remember round one, but he. I don't ran, either. But I know he didn't lead Thursday. He led Friday yeah. on. Okay, yeah, so Friday, led three Saturday, days. Sunday. Led Friday. three days in the uh, the big championship over there and across the pond. Uh, congrats to him, man. Uh, that. And quoted Kirby Smart in one of his interviews. Yeah, so what did he say? Said that yeah, was a driving the, force. Folks that didn't uh, get a chance to hear that. He basically brought up that we will not be hunted, we will yeah. be the hunters. And he said that drove him as he was going. Because apparently Brian Harmon, as you all know, may know better than me, is a very brilliant guy, and he gets it inside his own head. And he used that kind of to stay in the moment with what Kirby said. He, he brought that up in the interview. I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, he, uh, he's also a member of UJSports.com, so he's uh, amongst you guys posting and commenting over there. Oh, is, it, is that actually him, that that exact account? He's not the only uh, PGA golfer on the board. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, I – I, I thought I was BSing. I had two people message me today. They're like, Ben, is that his account? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. He's, on the wow. he's on there. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he commented today or on his way back over across the pond. So he is very active on uh, UJSports.com. So I wouldn't know he's on there. He, I don't think his account has ever posted, but he, yeah, well, he, yeah, it's what, yeah. So he, I mean, he he, a lot. you can yeah. see the last time that he was on it and it was Thursday. So he yeah. was like round one or after round one, he was on the dog fence. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, you got to get your, you got to get your reading on, even if you're a pro golfer and you're, I guess you're we know there. the account. So Brian Harmon is not Bulldog Bob. He's <laughs> not Bulldog Bob. No, no, he's not. He is not. I got asked if Eddie was Bulldog Bob. I do not think Eddie is Bulldog Bob either. No, you know? Eddie's not. Eddie's I don't Eddie. think that man will ever be revealed. I'm just letting you all know. So, uh, maybe. Um, but oh, Paul's no. going to crack the code, Detective Paul. No, no, I've tried, dude. To be honest, Ben. Be very. Honest. <laughs> be honest with you, Ben. I've tried. I've really tried. Um, I think I know who it is. I'm not going to out them. Uh, the one that I really tried though was Cassie Grace's dad. The uh, that's the, multiple people. Yeah, I know, but I I tried to like crack down who was actually Cassie Grace's dad. I, was, I know one you know, of them. You were doing family tree stuff. Oh yeah, I was going through like ancestry.com. Like I was I was deep. I was trying to find out who He's was going through birth records and newspapers. Dude, I I read I couldn't tell you how many Georgia football staff bios to see if they had a daughter named Cassie. I mean, I'm looking up on Facebook. I'm going back. <laughs> the originator of the account. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to laugh couldn't... if like, there's a dog out there named Cassie Grace, and that's what it's it gotta is. It's got to be. It has to be, yeah. Dane, because nobody that's worked at the university for the last 20 years or so has a daughter named Cassie Grace. I can tell you that with a straight fact. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at least like seven different people have used that account. Though. Yeah, they do. And I, I tried to find out who was Cassie Grace's dad, and I, I just couldn't, uh, couldn't do it, but. Yeah, Eddie, are you you excited about? We've got one more one more show uh, before fall camp, and as a fan, tell us what you're looking forward to the most out of those practice reports. Are you looking towards quarterback? Are you th you think that's kind of done? Are you looking towards that second corner role? What what, what appeases you? What what would you want to read about uh, come August third? 
Uh, what I want to read about is no injuries. That's what I want to read about. Oh, and that, you're that's so what lame. You you're so during lame. fall camp. No, 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 that's no, such no. A, that's such a, a cop-out answer. It hasn't been in years, though. Paul. You asked me to from a fan perspective, and I'm giving you that perspective. That's, that's what, what so, so, so no, you're I, cool with – Okay, no, 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 no. I want to I make sure I relay this to Dash when he goes to get those practice reports for you. I just want him to say if there's any injuries, no injuries, and nothing else. And you'll be fine with that report, right? Well, oh, I mean, that's okay. part of it. Oh, you want that, something that else. Everything. I mean, yeah, yeah you want okay. something else. I mean, okay. you didn't All right. finish. So, so what else is it? Yeah. That's I mean, you want to decide this because so, of your stake, right? You don't well, no wide receiver team. injuries. I feel like that's like half the practice report is all wide receiver injuries. Yeah, that's so true. Remember, but, but, wasn't Jermaine Burton before 2021? It was like Pickens tears his ACL, then two weeks later, Jermaine Burton. This is bad. And then it turned out to be. It was really like every week another wide receiver is getting Pickens hurt. Pickens was a that spring that ball ACL, right? Yeah. And then spring ball, that's when everyone was getting hurt. All the wide receiver room. It's like we had the, they had the bubble wrap, all the wide we, receivers. We had the same exact foot injury to Darnell Washington and Tyke Smith, uh, like in back to back days. So I see where Eddie's coming from. But Eddie, besides injuries, because again, that's a cop out answer, and I'm not going to just let you get off the hook with that. What hey, do you, hey, do, you know, do you know what I was told about the foot injury with Tyke and Darnell at the time? I was no. told they were wearing the wrong cleats. Like they were wearing uh, like either just regular running cleats or soccer cleats or something. There was something with the cleats. They weren't wearing what they were supposed to be wearing. And that's why they had the same foot injury when it's like, Makes man, sense. like this multi-million in the close to billion dollar industry of getting athletes on the, and they're just wearing the wrong shoes. <laughs> so it's all little league. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Well, in all honesty, I, I'm, I'm watching the quarterback room. I, I think that's going to be the most intriguing thing to me. Um, I mean, we all think it's going to be Carson Beck, and probably rightly so because of all his reps and what he's done. But who knows? I'm, I'm relying on you guys to give us information as to how Brock and Gunner are doing behind him, and, and are they pushing him? Are they passing him? I'm very curious to see how that goes. But I think all in all, it's probably going to be Carson Beck uh with with what he's done and his track record and his experience can i push you on that a little bit of course what has he done what is his experience he's got more experience than brock vandergrift does he not he's got more reps i mean it, it's it's he yes he, he has more reps that is yes. for sure like I'm not debating that. That's he's a got factual a year, number. He's got a year ahead of him. He's got three years in the system too. Brock has two, right? <laughs> Gunner has one. And well, that first year, Carson Beck wasn't. I mean, he had to be separated from the team early because of some COVID stuff. He got with him later, but uh, yeah. I, I just I, I'm I, I'm using this as an example because I think you're right that most of the fan base is saying, yeah, it's going to be Carson Beck, and, and they're like, he's the most experienced. I'm like, well, like I. He is more experienced, but I, I think you have three inexperienced quarterbacks on this stage. Um, and I think that's why it's going to be so interesting. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm with Eddie. I think it's, it's Carson Beck's to lose. Do, do you think it's done, Ben? Do you think it's – I'm, like I'm like 80 to 90% that it's Beck at this point. Now, I will say, though, the thing with Beck is each year – the, the notes on him and the information on him is just better and better and better because I'll be point blank. When he signed as a freshman, I know it was COVID was a part of it. He was the COVID class, obviously. So practices and how he enrolled and literally then COVID hit two weeks after he enrolled. He had sent home, comes back. I first heard when he was a freshman, he was not good enough to be an SEC player. And then his sophomore year, he looked like the guy. 
everyone started to see why he signed with Georgia, why he was good enough to play at Georgia. And then in practice, he kind of crapped the bit when he was going to be the guy for UAB. And then the next year, there was some rumors that he was going to leave after his sophomore year, I believe. And now this past year, he embraced the backup role for a season, progressed even more, and now he seems like the guy. So each year it's been progression with him. Early on, I did not think he was ever going to be a starter at Georgia. I'll be point blank on that. And I'm probably going to be dead wrong on it. But I think now, and I think Eddie talked about it, three years in the system compared to two, Brock comes from a Prince Avenue Christian. They ran like 10 plays. They're playing the lowest division of high school ball. Going from that to playing in the SEC on the scout team versus Jordan Davis as a freshman was night and day for him. He also has some things to fix with his, uh, with his uh, motion, with his uh, throwing arm. So he has a lot more work to do than Beck does. And Gunner's another one where Gunner struggled when he faced the higher-level teams in high school because the offenses were different. All three of them, outside of Beck, probably came from really low-grade high school offenses to where they were going with Munkin and where they're going to go with Bobo. Since Beck's been in there an extra year, I think that matters a ton. So I'm with Eddie on that. I, I think Beck's going to end up the starter. I don't know if it's going to be like what Jason said, that he's going to be the Heisman, but I think he's very likely to be the starter just because he does have more – Kirby has more trust in him given that he's been with the program longer. Josh Skelton says he thinks QB comp goes into the season. He says Beck's to lose, but due to Georgia's schedule, we see a lot of Brock and Beck, which is, I think, good for, for Kirby. Uh, hopefully he'll let Brock, whoever's the backup, assuming it's Brock, right, that Brock actually throw the ball around in a couple of those uh, first off games to see if he actually has it. Uh, this, the dog, uh, well, before we do that, Andy Stowe says, uh, so does he ch- take the job or crap the bed again? That's the question. I think that's the question on just about everybody's mind. Andy is the job is, I think it's his, but when the pressure comes and I don't know when the pressure actually comes, if you look at Georgia's schedule, we've gone over this guys and this, this isn't, you know, anybody's fault because you lost the game. Why you pull uh, that up? I looked up his stats from last season because I, yes, he's the most experienced quarterback in the roster. Vandergriff only has three career pass attempts in games. Last year, Vandergriff uh, was 26 to 35 in pass attempts. If you take out Vandy, he had 24 pass attempts on the season. I wouldn't say he's an experienced player in game time. And I also don't think that you're going to know if he's ready for that big stage until South Carolina, maybe. And I think I, I'm looking at it, right? You've got, you've got UT Martin, Ball State, and then South Carolina coming to Georgia. <laughs> You could very much say that Georgia could run the ball in that game and and probably win that. Then you've got UAB, and then you go to Auburn. So you might not see Carson. You're not going to see Carson on a true road game. You're not going to see him in a road game until Auburn, September 30th. Who is the better runner of the two, Gunner or Brock Vandergrove? Brock. Brock. Brock is? Okay. So does that weigh into this decision? And, and, And I don't think we win the national championship two years running without Stetson Bennett's legs. I agree Does with that, that weigh in to how because Carson Beck, correct me if I'm wrong, is not that guy. He's a he's basically a pocket quarterback, maybe can slide pretty well. But you just said it, Brock Vandergriff can run the ball. Is that is does that weigh into their decision making? And does Bobo say, hey, we got to have the legs here. Let's go with this guy. I think it depends on if Bobo is going to continue that Munkin offense or if he's just going to kind of take some philosophies from it and then put him into his own offense. If that's the case, then he probably could get away with Beck. If he's going to try to run Munkin's offense just straight up, I would think you would want somebody that can, you know, be mobile. But at the same time, 
I, I don't know if Beck's not a uh, not like a brick house back there. Just no, no, no. He's not JT Daniels. No, but you know, that also Stetson was sneaky fast and and got away more than I think anybody thought he could. So, uh, I, I that's tough, right, Dane? I don't know. I think the number one criteria to be a quarterback at Georgia is don't throw interceptions. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't turn the ball over, period. So if Vandergriff does that or Stockton does that, they won't be in the running. If Beck does yeah. that, he won't keep the job. And Paul, does Georgia face a good defense all year? All year? Uh, I was thinking about stuff today. And everyone says the hardest game for Georgia is at Tennessee. If if Carson Beck is as good or better than Joe Milton, Georgia's better at every position than Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Every position. You cannot tell me. Georgia's always going to have a better running game because of Hypel system. They have better receivers this year. They No one is a tight end like Bowers or even Delp. Tennessee doesn't have a tight end like Delp. O-line, Georgia's got like four preseason all SEC players. Defense, Tennessee will not have a defense like Georgia's with, with Kirby coaching and what Tennessee has and what they showed last year. Their defense was a dumpster fire, and they're going to have to replace half of it, even more than what Georgia did. So Tennessee, outside of quarterback, which I'm not all in on Joe Milton, Guy can throw the ball. I am. He's that guy. You were all throw the ball ninety yards. He's that guy. He's that guy. Oh, the guy can throw the ball really hard. But where's it going? Where's it going, guys? I don't know where the ball's going. It's, I'll it's tell you where. Far. I'll tell you where it's going. He's he going first hard, round. But where's it going? We don't He's know. Going first round. I don't think any of us know where that ball's going when it leaves the stands. Doesn't it matter where it's going. It can be into the stands. Doesn't matter. He's going first round, Ben. I want to splice this with last year's Will Levis and just do the Spider-Man meme. Like, yes, we're at it again. Hey. I wasn't too wrong about Will Levis. I was maybe during his call. <laughs> you weren't wrong about Will Levis. I don't think so. I, 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 love, I love that you said I'm not too wrong about him. Not too wrong. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, There's every dog, you know, I mean, every dog has yeah. his day. I, wasn't, I, I asked you, Paul, I said, do you want your Falcons to take Will Levis? No. Oh, hell, I think you were wrong. If you don't want your own team to take him. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean we have we have a guy. Uh, we got Desmond Ritter. You're I mean, all in on Ritter. We have to be. We, we have <laughs> oh, no at choice. this point. You have to be, but I yeah, think if have there no was choice. a good first rounder quarterback, you would take him. Well, no, I mean, heck, we. Took I'm not bashing back. the Falcons. I'm bashing you. We took a running back instead. Why not? You know, running back, wide receiver, tight end. You know, let's just get all the skill players uh, in first round. It is funny yeah. how Derrick Henry is making headlines of like how the running back position is not valued and like the whole league is upside down. And the Falcons are like, you know what? Let's do it. Running yeah. back time. Yeah, 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 but that's actually it. That actually goes against what you just said, Dane. Take a rookie, and he costs you almost nothing, right? Yeah. For three oh, years. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but you know, we could have used some defensive line help. No big deal. But anyways, we'll move on. Poverty franchise. Um, you, choppy to answer your question, I think the best defense Georgia plays this season in the regular season is likely Kentucky, uh, which is that's right to your point that there's not a great defense that and I it's at home. I will say, guys, I went, and looked at, home, so. I went and looked at Tennessee's schedule. They have a very good chance of only having one loss to Bama when they play Georgia at home. Uh, and they want they want revenge because, you know, the rain, right, Eddie? The, the rain in the stadium. Uh, Georgia, the guys over there on uh, East Campus were able to drum up a huge rain cloud that only – affected the Tennessee players and not the Georgia players because it was a special type of rain oh. that uh, came over Sanford Stadium that they were able to drum up. and Well, they, they put sand on the field, too, to slow down Tennessee. Let's right, only that. only right. Tennessee. Yeah. Right. right. So, <laughs> you know, I, they want revenge, though. I'll tell you that. They do. They do. Uh, I'm sorry, another... Paul. They're the dumbest fan base that ever exists. <laughs> yes, they are. They want – hey. Look. Dude, they're everywhere. I do. They're even up here. I've met a few of them. I met one of the guys who was throwing uh, stuff at Kiffin with that game. A guy approached me 
he saw me wearing SEC apparel, and I was like, man. I, I just didn't say anything. I'm like, this guy's the dumbest human being I've ever met, and of course he's a Tennessee fan. They, they are so dumb. The dog father says, uh, in terms of positions he's looking for, he says defensive line for me. Who can take over and make the biggest impact taking over for Carter? One name, guys, that has been thrown out quite a bit has been Nazir Stackhouse. Are you guys sold on the uh, the stack that is the house? That Dane, was awful. That was bad. That was so That bad. was bad. Dane, I'll start with you. That, that was awful. I mean, we need to start by saying – you're not replacing Jalen Carter. There's not a, a player on this team that can step in that role and do that. So this is now a by committee attempt at trying to do that. I don't think the top end talent on Georgia's defensive line and the interior, especially uh, really competes with either of the last two seasons, even going to go back to, to Wyatt and Jordan Davis. I think they are really talented though. Like I think there are playmakers there. And I think Nazir Stackhouse is a really good football player. I do not think that he is, for a second, third round potential in the NFL, things going to be a really good football player, which uh, for Georgia standards at that position in recent years, it may feel like a disappointment, but it's not going to be. He'll be very productive this season. What about Nazir, Ben? Are, uh, should we all be on board with him? or, or uh... I think he'll be all SEC. I think he will be. He's projected first team, and I think he'll be that because I saw the early projections is he'll at least be a top 50 pick. Um. I think it's a, outside of Georgia and LSU, there aren't that many elite D-lines in the league. That's why I think this, the surprise guy I've been telling you all along is Jordan Hall. But Nazir Stackhouse, in terms of run defensive defensive lineman, he's the best in the conference. No one stuffs the run like Nazir. The question with him and his ceiling is how, how good is he as a pass rusher? Because, you know, the, the thing with Georgia, and everyone's kind of talked about this when guys were getting drafted like Wyatt and them, was the production. Because the system, first off, it's a loaded team. You're going to have multiple guys they like to rotate. And the system dictates team defense versus we're just going to unleash you. Because if we unleash guys and just let them just go get the quarterback, they're going to have better numbers, but the defense's numbers as a team is going to go down. That's Kirby's philosophy. That's why he gets certain recruits to come in. And Zier's one of those guys. He committed, I think, as a freshman or, or sophomore in high school and never wavered. And he's one of those like bought-in players, very good against the run, a uh, decent athlete, but can he improve against the pass? I think his pass rush is going to be the intriguing thing because he's not a guy who gets a ton of sacks. So I'm curious to see how he progresses in terms of his pass rush this year. Eddie, you uh, you sold on the stack? That, that's a good comparison right there. Stackhouse can be Wyatt good. I like that. But I think this year is going to be different in that the first year we had Jordan Davis, right? Everybody was talking about him for Heisman. He just dominated. Then the next year was Jalen Carter last year. He dominated. I think it's going to be by committee this year. But you take those guys who are on that line, Walthour, Stackhouse, Warren Brinson, Ingram Dawkins, and Zion Logue. Those guys have played 144 games combined. That's Damn. ridiculous. I mean, Damn. just is there any team in the country that can say that? That no, there's not. I mean, we've got so much experience, and Kirby just rolls those guys in and keeps them fresh. So I, I think it's going to be committee this year, and that's fine. Yeah, I, I like Stackhouse. I think Ben's uh, exactly right with saying that uh, the run stopping ability of Stackhouse uh, is is there. I think Michael Williams, this is his year to. Yeah. I mean, he showed out last year. I didn't even mention him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stackhouse uh, is going to be good on the interior, but Williams on the outside. And then, uh, you know, that Jack position is interesting to me. Is Chambliss going to be the guy? 
Uh, you know, are they going to move Jalen Walker over there? What about Darius Smith? He's got another Marvin year. Jones. Yeah, Marvin Jones. You, you've got a lot of guys. Jones, yeah. Actually, Paul, I have a question for you. Do you think Mike Hell's the best player on defense? Because I think it's debatable. Like, I'm not going to crap on any. I think there's multiple guys that you can say, you know what? Is Ballard, given what he had last year, is Dumas Johnson? Are we talking about best, like, like, best in college or best that they'll get drafted the highest? I think drafted, uh, however you want to do it. If you want to answer both, you can. Because I think there's multiple you can make a case for. I'm not going to crap on you here. I had a slight bone to pick with the SEC Media Days All-SEC teams because Dumas Johnson was first-team All-SEC. And Munden was second team all SEC, which I think that should be flipped. I think Munden is the, the better right. talent. Um, I know he's going to be hurt, but the other part of all SEC was Georgia's now reached the spot where it's like, well, if we don't know who to put, whoever plays that position for Georgia, yeah. that's got to be the all SEC. Like yeah. that used to be Alabama, they would get that credit. The long snappers uh, on there. <laughs> like, I saw, I was like, I'll be honest with you, I did not know the long snapper's name. It's like, oh, preseason all SEC, he's on Whoa, there. But Andy's- actually, I will say this quick, Dane. Uh, you know, when they did the system for voting for it, certain players like Beck was not eligible to be voted for because the team apparently dictates who's eligible to be voted for on those teams. I did not know this. Beck and Lovett were not eligible to be put on there because I remember Bud Elliott and a few other people said <coughs> they wanted to vote for them on first team and they weren't allowed to. So. I mean, Carson Beck shouldn't be voted first or second or third. But game. some people said this is this is a bad year for quarterbacks for yeah. in the SEC. It is usually they're just going to vote for who you've seen the returnees. Yeah. So that's why you saw KJ Jefferson. Um, that's why you saw. Uh, I mean, you could probably put Jackson Dart on that list from from Ole Miss. Love it should have been on there. Yeah, I don't and, know why. And, he's not you asked you asked who the best is going to be. I'll say. Right no, go ahead. I'll say right now, Paul, it's going to be Malachi Starks. Yeah, that's who I, that's who I had Malachi in my head. Starks. I think it's a good pick. Yeah, that's who I had in my head. Uh, Jalen Walker, me. I mean, that 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 Super. freshman class really could produce some 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 studs. Mike, yeah. I think it's Michael. Jalen, Jalen, Jalen Walker, Dalen Everett, Malachi Starks, Darius Smith, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. That's I mean, it, you've got five to six starters this year potentially off that off that uh class last year so um eddie hey i'm gonna get zinger dog in here if you don't mind take your spot absolutely yeah all right my friend thank you boys see you as always thank you all right brother good old zinger dog in here zinger what's up hey fellas what's going on y'all doing all right tonight doing all right my friend doing all right we're just talking about a little bit of sec action here media days uh who's the best player on defense um, who will be the best player on defense throughout the Oh, I know who Penn's guy is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, nobody's talked about him, but um, I think, look, I mean, I, it's hard to, to not say Mikel. I mean, it really is hard not to say him. But, uh, I mean, Kamari Lasseter, I haven't even talked about him. I mean, yeah, there's his guy. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's the leader back in the, in the back end. He's the toughest guy, I think, uh, in your back seven. Um, and uh, I mean, he's, I, I think he's going to have an unbelievable year this year. I really do. Georgia doesn't win the national championship last year without Kamari Lester. He may be the most underappreciated person on that team and the best tackler, including the linebackers, in my opinion. Uh, Greg Ro- Rosenberg, uh, part of the family here on the show, says uh, on the players' lounge recently, uh, Tate and Van Pran were saying Chaz Chambliss was the guy they were looking most forward to seeing in a game. Thought that was interesting. 
thing with Chaz is that dude is a weight room monster. And so yeah. he, he, I've been told he has the respect from all the players because of what he does in training and preparation. And I've even heard that some coaches wish that that would rub off on some more players. I don't know if that's necessarily translated to on-field performance, though. I mean, he made some important plays for Georgia, specifically I'm thinking against LSU. Um, that game got out of hand a little more quickly because of, of Chambliss being able to step in there. He's just a little undersized for the position that Georgia needs and compared to other players there. Uh, OU Herschel Walker, also family, says uh, Lasser has been Zinger's guy since long before he signed. I can verify. Oh, I can verify that. <laughs> yeah, I, he, he's, I thought he was going to be a – I really thought he was going to be a safety. I was kind of surprised that they they kept him at corner. I thought he was going to be that hybrid guy, kind of like Bullard. You know I mean? Bullard doesn't seem like a straight corner either. You know, they seem to be having – they play a lot of guys like Tyke Smith. I mean, these guys that are safety corners, I think he just likes to have, you know, five or six guys that can run and tackle and cover. You know I mean? They're kind of – you don't have a straight, pure – there's no Deion Sanders-type cornerbacks that don't tackle anymore you know because they're they're too many in these spread offenses you got to be able to tackle that screen outside if you can't you're useless you know i mean they'll just run five yard you know outside screens over and over and over again until until you find somebody who can stop it you know for sure i think one thing i'm looking forward to good point yeah it is it is one thing i'm looking forward to guys is is seeing hopefully i hyped this guy up man when he came from west virginia uh, Tyke Smith. I, I want to see Tyke out there. I, I mean, I really do. But I also feel like Georgia might have a really short leash for him. And uh, I would not be surprised if Jonello Aguero. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. Paul's guy. That's my guy. I like I like Aguero a lot. But I like Tyke Smith too. So I'm kind of I'm I'm split there because I want to see Tyke because I said you know two years ago when when he transferred to Georgia, I was like, this kid's gonna be a stud, and he just hasn't lived up to that. So I hope that he does. If he doesn't, though, Aguero is right on his tail. That's I don't say you keep Aguero off the field. I really, I mean, when you do yeah. the off the bus thing or off the hoof, as Jim Donnan likes to say, when I saw him at, at, at Georgia spring game, Aguero, I was like, my, like the way that Starks was a day one starter as a freshman, I think Aguero is right there. He's a yeah. blur. I got a quick story to back you up, Dane. I've told this to Ben. He's heard it before. I don't know if you guys have. So, a few years ago, when when Brock and Chaz Chambliss were coming in, I ran into uh, one of the guys, one of the walk-ons on the team out at a golf course. And I was asking them, this was, you know, as summer was going on and they were just starting fall practice, I was asking them who, you know, who caught your eye. And they all said Bowers. And every one of them said Chaz Chambliss. And usually it's a pretty good sign when the other players are saying, but, I mean, he's so polarizing. You get ten different opinions on him he's too slow to cover or you know you hear that you know he's not as good in space and he did struggle there some but I think uh you know the more you talk the more you hear that you know he's kind of he might be the guy and nobody you know nobody thinks so you know I mean backing you up I know the players certainly were a hundred percent behind him and that means a ton because I don't think Stetson Bennett becomes who he became until he had the respect of his teammates and that started at that Rose bowl so many years ago, like it, mm -hmm. it takes time to build up that reputation among your team. And uh, I guess it was two years ago when Stetson took over, 
I, I was told one of the reasons it worked is because everyone on the team got a little better around him. They were so happy for him. So I, I think if that opportunity is there for Chambliss this year, maybe you see he makes the players around him even fight a little bit harder. And I'll say this, Paul, the breakout player on defense, Ped knows I'm all in. Dalen Everett will break out yeah. on defense this year. Ooh, does, he, think, does he start at corner? I, I he might not even start at I think he starts. I think he has the edge on Nyland, which is shocking because I was high on Nyland too. I was. I think I told that to Paul like a year or two ago. So it's I'm in a tricky predicament like Paul is here with yeah. the secondary. But Dalen Everett, I think he's like the prototypical Kirby DB because he's a big physical DB. Kirby likes those physical guys. He likes he loves his defensive backs and he likes guys who hit. That's why you know Penn's brought this up. Almost everyone. Lewis Seen was probably his favorite player to coach. Like he was always in Lewis Seen's ear because he was a safety, wore Kirby's number. And just love to hit people. And that's kind of – I think Dalen Everett for a corner is a pretty physical corner. He's like 6'2", and he can fly. When you got a corner that can cover and can fly like that, I think Dalen Everett's kind of the guy that you're looking at and saying next year he'll be the breakout player on defense. That is one position, though, guys. Uh, you know, we're, we're like I said, we're 10 days away now. One position that we need, to, we need to watch out for is who takes that second corner position. Guys, we have an important message, very important message. Uh, Anthony Spano. Spano, the man, the myth, the legend, says, I've missed you guys. The season is almost here. If you've watched any of the POS shows, uh, you've wondered, as, as well as I, how does this man not get locked up on Saturday nights? Uh, because he, he just he runs, he runs wild. Do we have uh, evidence that he hasn't? Like maybe no, we don't. We don't yeah. because he, he might have gotten locked up for a Saturday night and he's just been gone until now, you know. Uh, like me today about- at the Popeyes, Paul, that almost got arrested. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> Anthony, uh, Anthony is probably, I don't know. He's, he's probably my favorite caller we have on the PS POS uh, just cause he is so animated. So good to see him back uh, around here. Can't wait for the season to start up guys. If you don't know, if you're new, uh, which a lot of you guys aren't, I see, I see most of you guys all the time, but if you are, there's some of you watching that aren't commenting uh, the POS show takes over for the Sunday Collins show once the season starts. It's the post-game overreaction show, and it's exactly that. It's a POS show. Uh, we, we have fun. We overreact for about three hours after the show and uh, just try to have as much fun as possible. This is pretty funny here. OU Herschel Walker says, lucky, lucky Anthony didn't wind up in Alan Judd's article. So that's uh, – <laughs> damn, OU. Uh, we, we, Bring him the damn. heat. Mm. Uh, a lot of people, though, agreeing with uh, your Chaz take here. So just want you guys to know Chaz. Chaz is uh, – he's, he's in the mix, guys. So, oh, that – I got somebody to bring up that uh, from this show we were talking last year. Nobody has mentioned him at all, and there was so much buzz about him in the preseason. Ja'Cory Thomas. I mean, it just, like, yeah. disappeared, and everybody was talking about him in the preseason. Oh, yeah, that's true. Last year. I mean, I, I'm just wondering what happened. Or is Aguero that good? Or, you know, I mean, Stark struggled some late. I'm kind of surprised, you know, he's not even getting any kind of buzz preseason at all. Well, aren't they moving Bullard to safety? I think it's – yeah, I think it's going to be – Lassiter, I'll go Everett, other corner. Star will be Tyke, and then your safeties are Bullard and Starks. And then Aguero could potentially crack it, or Nylon Green could potentially get some time in there. But I think that's what it looks like. If yeah. that's right, I don't think Tyke keeps that job very long. Right. I know. And that's, that's, agree. that's what hurts. That's what Even though Tyke played well against TCU. I know that game was a murder, but he played well. 
I'm all I'm going to tell you is that if you look around that field and you can't find a way to get Darius Smith on there, then you probably screwed up because he's one of your best 11. True. Yeah. Yeah. Darius, you could, that would, because they tried playing him a little bit. Uh, they, they played uh, Darius at star a little bit. So I'd be interested to see if, I mean, at least the package of that, but right. like Aguero, Darius, I mean, there's so many combinations you can do back there. Bullard has to be on the field. I would never say, but it's like, is he star? Is he safety? Does, is he both? We saw Christopher Smith kind of do both of those things at different times. Yeah. In his Here's one guy, guys, we have not talked about, and we need to, we need to, he's back. Dan Jackson, folks, he's going <laughs> to oh, stop. Oh man. I forgot he's, about him. Ben, he's going to get on the field, bud. And he's, he needs to, he's good. He's going to get on the field. Is he not pin? Pin. He's the Tell William, him. he's the William pool. He's the William Poole. He's going to find his way on the field somehow, some way. He'll do well in special teams. He'll block a punt, not be able to find the ball. He'll do something along those lines during the season. And you know what? I mean, in practice, they said he, he used to – I mean, he was a, a a ball hawk. He used to intercept passes left and right. I think it was Beck, actually. that He was like his worst nightmare his freshman year. He just <laughs> kept picking him off over and over and over again. So, I mean, I, I – I would play him. I mean, I, I really would. I mean, he's solid. I, I just don't know where he fits in. And I don't either. He's over. That's the thing, Penn. I don't think anybody knows where he fits in, but I promise you he will be on the field. I think we cracked the code, Paul, that the secondary is now what we're watching with the practice notes. We I think so. Practice. We have to. At, at this point, because I think every other position we kind of know. Dan Jackson is going to get on the field, guys. Well, you can't have the highlight of him getting blown up in the Keely Ringo pick six to seal a national championship and then keep him off the field when he's healthy. Like That's forever in Georgia lore. <laughs> and like you want to talk about respect to fans or teammates, you get it with that play because he sacrificed himself and he was happy to do it. Andy says listed as Stark's backup. No, no, no. Dirty Dan is not anybody's backup, Andy. You watch your mouth. Uh, <laughs> Dirty you know, Dan would be on I, that field. Dane just brought up how Darius Smith, you can't keep – Damon Wilson's going to be a dude as a true freshman. Yeah. Of all the freshmen, he might be the best one in that spring game. Raylan. Raylan. Yeah, Raylan. I like Raylan. I like Raylan Raylan's good, but I think they already got three hurt. dudes. With smell hurt, Raylan's going to find a way on that field, I promise you. But, like, with yeah. the schedule as it is, there's, like, 40 dudes that are going to find their way on the field. So, <laughs> like, we, we can say all this. That's going to work itself out. Yeah. But I'm once the rubber meets the road, you get into a tough game and you see it's third and 12, Dane. And that's and, fine, and, but that's going to be like January 2nd or whenever they play that. You I'm saying, I mean? but when you look in that secondary, you're going to see old Dirty Dan back there. You're yep. going to be like, how is he on the field? Who is not on the field? And you're not going to be able to name who's not on the field because you're not going to know. But Dan's going to be there. It's just going to happen. It's gonna There's happen. another guy. You know, this defense is so loaded when they talk about it being better, you know, possibly than 2021. We haven't even talked about Sori. I mean, that guy's going to play a lot, too. I'm, I'm, not so, I'm not sold on Sori yet, Penn. I'm not sold on oh, him yet. I, Paul finally he's saying... going to play. He is going to play. And if he just can't put on weight. That's been his problem. I'm but... just not sold on him yet. Is he the new Twitter logo? They're, they're changing it to X, right? The Twitter logo or Twitter name or something? Yeah, Please. I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, supposedly happening tomorrow. Twitter's changing to X, so X going to give it to you, I guess. T well, sell me on, sell me on Sori. Pin. The barber's even sorry. I, you know, I mean, look, the guy's one of the faster linebackers we've got. I mean, you look in the spring game, he looked like himself. He just hasn't been able to put on weight, and he hasn't been able to, to uh, you know, stay on the field just because of the talent in front of him. But I think with, with Smell Hurt, he's kind of like he's that, that guy who's going to have some experience. I mean, Lightsey doesn't have a lot of experience. 
Wilson doesn't. Allen doesn't. I mean, I think you're going to see him play a lot of snaps while uh, Smell's out. We'll find out if you're right or wrong in the first four or five games. Because I think what? he's going to play up probably 50% of the snaps at linebacker. Well, hold on. You said up to 50% of the snaps at linebacker? Yeah, I think he'll be the other guy opposite while Smell's out. Okay. Now, when Smell returns, there's no doubt who's going to be in the game. Okay. It will be Pop. And it'll be smell. But when smell's out, I think Sori is going to be the guy that starts the season next to him. I really do think that. And what about your guy, Lightsey? I like Lightsey, too. I just I think he does. I mean, look, Kirby, if he's not proven, we've had this discussion, too. He loves experience. The whole Dan Jackson, William Poole. I mean, he, he likes experience, especially early in the season. I think you're going to see, you know, a guy, this is his third season in that defense. I mean, I, I think he'll be the he'll be the guy that stands up next to him, not Lightsey, early on. I mean, he'll get he'll, he'll get first dibs and some special team snaps. And I think his effort and performance there will kind of determine where it goes from there. Because to the point that Choppy made earlier, this trio of inside linebackers uh, that are true freshmen, man, yeah, they're not sitting like, for long. I, yeah. it, one that I don't think he's going to play early because he got there later. I think Troy Bowles is going to end up being a special player at Georgia. Probably not this year, but all right. I, let's. I love let's this high DNA. All right, Dane, Dane. Dane, let's put ten dollars on it, or let's put a cheeseburger on it. You take Bowles, and I'll take Raylan Wilson. And at the end of their careers, whoever has a better career, decided by Ben and Penn, gives the other person a cheeseburger. Um, can, can we do an elevated bet and like parlay this into Joe Milton being a first round pick? No, because because that's a oh, that's so you're a, not confident, Paul. No, it's not that. It's not that. It's not that because I would need heavy odds for that. I would need heavy odds. Oh, you would need odds. I thought you said it was it was going to happen. It you is no, it's straight. It's just you guys get equal. No, footing. when you're doing a parlay, you need odds. Look, let's let's keep that. Let's let's not do parlays, Dane. There's no need for that. <laughs> well, then I'm not taking. Suppose I think C.J. Allen's better than both because that's possible. Yeah. It is. That's yeah. possible. Look, guys, before and we get out of here. CJ Allen being better than both Bulls and Raylan Wilson is possible. Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, before we get out of here, though, there is one name, guys, on the defensive line that we talked about early on last year, and then they decided to redshirt him, uh, Christian Miller. Do we see? I mean, I think he almost has to. He's got to be in the two deep. Yeah. But for me, I want to see him out there. A lot, him or Jordan Hall. I'm not completely sold. I'm not completely sold on Brinson. I mean, he's he's a great kid. I love I love uh, I love the everything about him. But I'm not completely sold on him. He needs somebody to push him for that position. Is it going to be Christian Miller? Is it going to be Jordan Hall? That's kind of what I'm getting at. I know it's Brinson's to lose. If they were against good teams all year long, and they were in four quarter games all year long, where Jordan Hall could get the number of snaps, everything, he'd be a first team All American this year as a true freshman. Yep. I agree with that. That's all I keep hearing, the same thing. I, I've yep. heard that he's ready now. I mean, he's ready right now, and it blows my mind to hear that, that he's as good as we've had come through there. I mean, they compare him to Carter. I mean, he's that talented, that good. I, I don't think they're going to keep him off the field for, for long. I, I think Miller, I compare him to Warren Branson only because I think Warren's a good player. I think Christian Miller's going to be a good player, but you got people in front of him that are just, you know, your first-round picks. I don't think Kristen Miller's a first-round pick. I don't think Warren Brinson is either, but I both think they play in the NFL. It's kind of the same way with, with – uh, I think 
Hall's going to step in and, and do just unbelievable things uh, quickly. That's a hell of a take there, Ben and Ben. I don't agree with Ben very often either. So, I mean, I'm <laughs> telling you, this is weird when this happens. Well, so we, we don't agree on baseball. There's a difference, and that's the same with me and Paul. <laughs> so, Pin, what you're saying, what you're saying is, if he was, are you agreeing with Ben that if he were to get the snaps this year, he'd be a first team All American? The the guy who said, I, I'll just, I mean, I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast, but the guy who said that in the practices, how much, how high they are, Sperlin. Um, a buddy of mine played golf with Sperlin, and Sperlin said that he said the guy's unbelievable. He said they're hmm. already, they're they're trying their best to get him ready as fast as they can because he's that good. So we'll see if I'm right or wrong. Um, but I, I, he's kind of that guy that you hear in the preseason, the same kind of way they talked about Brock Bowers, same way they talked about A.J. Green, they're talking about this guy, the same way they talked about Jalen Carter. So we'll see. I mean, this is what I keep hearing, and uh, we'll see what happens. Paul doubted Brock Bowers. He doubted the hype. He's going to doubt the Jordan Hall hype. Paul's going to be wrong. No, 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 no. I'm on with Jordan Hall. You win a little. You, you are all. Well, there's a reason why you've been an intern all these years and you're not listed as an employee. There's a reason for that, Paul. You're, you're definitely the worst one we have. That's why you're always wrong, Paul. It hurts. <laughs> I think on offense, the same kind of hype. And, and it's not, to, this is not unexpected, but Amarius Mims, I've heard the same kind of hype with him. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious uh, on old Lawson Lucky. Does he pass up Oscar Delt for that second uh, tight end on the field? And don't you don't you sleep on Sperlin. Trust me on that one too. That guy's an animal, dude. He's six seven and two hundred fifty pounds. He's playing because he's the only guy like he's the only only tight end like him we have on the roster. There's only That's four true. scholarship guys. The other yeah. guys are smaller. They're not like him. He's going to play. They're all four different tight ends, so that's why I think you might actually see all four of them this year. Lucky's more of just a blocker. I think Lucky's going to play because he's probably the, the most natural blocker. So I think I don't think he's going to be the number two just because Delp last year I thought it's number three did a pretty solid job. It's a good and one. Rhett Womack uh, finally chiming in. Normally he's on the show a lot earlier. Uh, must have like you know obligations or family things to do but that shouldn't keep you away from us Rhett. he says uh hopefully we don't we won't need to see until next year but freeling is that dude up front after the season old monroe freeling i like the, that. the the position battle to really watch and this is i think it's 50 50 as you go into fall camp i think it's left tackle ernest green austin blasky i've heard both are great um they're doing really well i think green is a better run blocker than blasky uh, but I think Blasky's more versatile, and uh, he's just a little bit of a diamond in the rough for recruiting for Georgia. I, I'm curious to see how that position battle winds up because it's it's pretty stiff competition right there. <laughs> Who you in on, Paul, on that? You, oh, you made I'm, a face. I'm, I'm all in on Ernest Green. I think Blasky – I am as well. Look, I think, I think Blasky is – he's – and Jason Buttis said this. In the NFL, they do this a lot. If a guy's really talented and can play multiple positions, they're not going to start him in case somebody goes down. I think Blasky is your number six, and you plug him in wherever he needs to go. Uh, yeah, Andy Andy said it. I don't me. think you would plug him in at guard at this point because he has been repping guard for a while. He can play it. He's talented he enough to do it. But I, I think that they feel better about their guard depth. Like I Michael Moore. Michael Morris might be that if they have a guard out. He might. I, I think Blasky's the first one off the bench, and then you and then they might change it up. But if somebody comes out of the game, I think Blasky's like going in first first guy. And then you think they the roll next- with seven this year? Well, actually, they basically roll with seven. Who is this? I don't know who that seventh guy is. I think is. it's Michael Morris. Who's your left guard? Is Trust your left guard? Yeah, yeah Trust your left guard. guard. Yeah. Okay. Who's your but backup I, there? Is it Fairchild? Is it 
I guess uh, it's Michael Morris. I think it's Michael Morris, and I think Jared Wilson's in the mix a little bit too. I think he's yeah, a good like, starting center after this year, Jared. Wilson. I like Jared Wilson at center too. He looked great. I watched him specifically in the spring game, and he looked really, really good. I was really surprised, and actually made me feel a lot better seeing how good he performed in the spring game. I mean, he he held his own against you know as good as we got out there. I was really, really pleased with him. And see, I think Blasky's the center next year. I could be wrong, but I, I think that's his money position. And uh, I think he'll I'll tell you what, though, Van Pran coming back this year at center he helps. This, you know, it helps tremendously. But you know, the story at Media Days because everyone talked about that, and he even said the guy that came back that we needed to come back was Lad McConkey. And I, I thought that was a really good storyline to come from Media Days. I mean, yeah, obviously he's not going to toot his own horn, right? He's going to pick somebody else than himself. But Van Pran coming back is by the far the best because then you would have to put Blasky at center. And now we're talking about who's number six and seven uh, on this offensive line. And that, that's where it gets tricky. If, Paul, I will say this: if Georgia wins another title this year with Van Pran as the center, he's not a top five all-time Georgia player, top five. He's nowhere close. But in terms of his career, to say you were the starting center of three title teams, he cool. would have a top five or six career. Who would Georgia. be the starters on all three title teams? I was just – that's Brock yeah, Bowers yeah. and Van Pran. And if you want to go with McConkey, McConkey wasn't starting his freshman year, was he? Yeah. No, well, he's a senior. He's, he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah, yeah. Redshirt freshman year. But he wasn't starting his redshirt freshman year, was he? Yes. Yeah. He was, he was in the rotation. He played a By lot. By the end yeah. of the year, he was starting. I mean, he called a, he called a touchdown pass against Bama in, SEC in, uh, in the title game and the SEC championship game. No, no, not the title game. SEC champion. SEC, yeah, he caught the screen pass. Well, I mean, Nazir and Warren, they would they wouldn't be starters though, but they would be on the team. Um, Logue, Logue played. Yeah, we Logue. saw him change jerseys every every uh, extra point. I know the guy gets tired of changing jerseys. <laughs> I mean, if you if you go on the team, Carson Beck would have been on all three teams, you know. But the two yeah. would be Bowers and Van Pran off the hook. Yeah. And, yeah. and McConkey right there behind him. Yeah. And McConkey would have to be the third guy if you want to count him. So those three would be, hey, we got the three peat. Andy Andy says, uh, it will leave the, we'll leave with this guy. He said, here's a question. If UJ wins a title again, would SVP and Bowers come back for four? Talk about history. I don't think so. Nope. No. <laughs> no. Bowers no. is gone. I mean, he's top five, I think, pick next year. Uh Van Pran. Maybe you could you might you might could convince Van Pram. I'd seriously doubt it though. No, but highly doubt it. Yeah. I mean, he was almost he was like ninety percent gone at one point this year. Right, right. It makes the thing is to come back for a fifth year of school. Yeah, because <laughs> hey. there's also a school element to this. It's not there just is ball. There is there is a, there is a, a, a tiny school element uh, that they have to. Uh, yeah, yeah they, they have to check off per yeah. sources. It, it caught smoke buoy just recently. He decided he didn't want to go to class. Where's he going to end up? Is he's a DB from... coach. He's a DB coach down in there. He's going to, from what I have heard just recently, he's going to, and I don't know if this is true. I haven't confirmed it or anything, but I heard he's going to be a DB coach and wait for some semi-pro ball and see if he can't go from there into the NFL. He just doesn't I, like class. I heard Juco may be in his future. Yeah. Uh, that... because There are some Juco's that you can do the class thing a little easier. Yeah, we've yeah. seen that on Last Chance You a few times. Guys, we're going to check out of here. Before you leave, though, please do me a huge favor. Hit the like on this video. It takes two seconds, guys, and it helps us out a ton. We appreciate you guys so much for watching. We've got one more Sunday. One more. Next time, next week, I'll be in Florida. Uh, ben will be around. Hopefully, Jason's eye is better by then. Uh, pray for the uh, 
the shingles in the eye there. And then uh, we might have Dane Young on next week. Who knows? Penn, he's always welcome. So is Eddie from Ackworth. And uh, we appreciate you guys so much for watching. We will see you next week. This is the UGA Sports call-in show presented by UGA Sports. We'll see you. <laughs> see you.